Our next guest needs very little introduction. One of the greatest UFC welterweight champions in UFC history. He's also an actor, a stuntman, an ESPN analyst, and he's facing Jake Paul on August 28th, 29th in Australia and New Zealand. He's also in Embattled, the Nick's Kassov film about an MMA fighter whose past catches up with him. Tyron, the chosen one, Woodley. Welcome to Submission Radio, man. How are you? I'm doing great, my man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. It's 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 about time you made your Australian debut, man. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, so we got to talk embattled, man. It is a story about a brash, uh, maniacal MMA champion who he got he has to confront the sins of his past when a media firestorm forces him into the ring against his eldest son, uh, an 18 year old prodigy following in his father's footsteps. I got to ask, man, what what drew you to the project? Um, I love the story because, you know, that's what the sport of mixed martial art is. Um, most of the fights that we watch and most of the things that we get excited about are actually people that are doing the trash talking in the press conferences and they're walking with a certain type of, you know, suits on and jewelry and they're really flashy and flamboyant. And, you know, they make these big predictions about what they're going to do in these fights. And then if they can live up to it half the time and, you know, they go out there and do it with style, those are the people who want to fight. So I think that's why um, this was actually... Um, this actually was um, a great movie to be a part of just because it kind of embodied the current state of the sport. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. It's it's a very complex story where the main character, despite being a fighter, he doesn't really stick around to fight for his uh, youngest son, who has Williams Syndrome. Um, as as somebody who's actually a disability support worker myself, I actually like that the they cast somebody with Williams Syndrome in, in real life for the role as well. And uh, in the movie, his eldest son becomes his younger brother's carer and ends up fighting against his father. Um, why do you think the family aspect is so important in these movies? Because we saw a similar theme in warrior which you know is arguably one of the most well-known mma movies to date i think i think people need to recognize it's more than just fighting with us you know everyone wants to see us fight a certain type of way and who we should fight and how we should do it but we are humans as well we got real life issues as well and i feel like that was a very severe case but that's not the only case it's a lot of people that fight in different organizations ufc one fc that have to deal with struggles people that are um, you know, mentally ill people that have cancer and kids with conditions and um, mental health disorders that we all have to deal with these things. And at the same time, we still have to fight. We still got to perform. We still got to give you these, you know, crazy knockouts that you will with all those things. So I feel like mixed martial art is an ultimate um, sport when it comes down to actually comparing it to life. You know, life has a lot of highs, it has a lot of lows. Your choices and your decisions that you make is everything. Um, so that's why the storylines, um, the movie goes so well. Mm. Now, Tyron, you've been in a bunch of movies now, from Straight Outta Compton to The Equalizer to An Olympus Has Fallen Doing Stunts. Take us into your approach to acting, man. How do you sort of get into the character? And um, how similar is it to, I suppose, preparing for a fight mentally when you prepare for one of these characters that you have to play on the big screen? It's very similar just because it's a situation where a lot of, you know, go a lot of things go into it. Um, when you win, it's great reward. When you lose, it's major setback because when you think about mixed martial arts, it's not baseball. We have 100 baseball games or 50 um, basketball games or 10 to 20 football games. Mm -hmm. We got one to three times a year to get it done. So it's so much, so much weight on each opportunity in each fight. And if you win big your life can change overnight. If you lose, you know, you see a lot of people that were at the, at the top, top of the sport and 
all of a sudden a few losses, you know, we don't even hear about them anymore. I've been blessed that, you know, I'm a complete artist. So if I, if I had a night off in the office and I took a lesson, I still have music, I still have television, I still have, you know, commentating, I still have producing. I got a lot of different things I do in art that I'm still going to be in your face. You're still going to hear my name. I'm still going to be there. And, you know, I can, you know, show you better than I can tell you. I've been in situations where I've been up, I've been down, but I've never quit. I always came back. So that's the difference between our sport and different sports. That, you know, with the amount of money uh, on average in mixed martial art fighter makes and how many sports that are combined into one sport that we got to mm. train, it's really not parallel. You know, basketball player has to do basketball. Maybe some strength and conditioning, maybe some different stuff, you know, to kind of make him a better basketball player. But we have to do four to five different versions of just striking alone. And then four to five versions of grappling, whether it's submission grappling, judo, sambo, you know, uh, wrestling, just to be competitive. And then when you throw in the strength and conditioning, the explosiveness, the dieting, the mindset, the rest, um, it's a lot. And it's, we got the same 24 hours that many athletes have, but we got to get it done, you know, um, get it done and really prioritize your training. 100% man, absolutely. Um, I want to touch on that a little bit later, but I wanted to ask you also like actors, they always draw on their own experiences to sort of bring out emotions, um, especially during like tough scenes. I'm wondering which which experiences or memories from your life have you used in a scene uh, to fuel your performances, whether it's in this movie or just in the past? Um, you know, I just, in my, in my mind, I would love to say, okay, this is how I would do it. And I would read it and I would say this is how I would do it. And I've been blessed with men, um, very early on in, in, in my, I guess you would say, acting career that my acting coach, her name is Warner Laughlin, she used a human-based emotion technique. And that technique basically tells you do not do that. It's not a method acting technique. Sorry, one second. <laughs> Everything okay over there? Everyone okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not driving to their location, so I don't know. If yeah. I know they're gone right now. But, um, but her, her technique, once again, is called human-based emotion. And what that does is you read the script and you break down the script and you, you break it down to where if I was reading all the things around it, the way that the script is written, the way that they maneuver, the way that the response compared with somebody else, I want to go back to their first memory, which is probably three, four, or five years old. And what kind of household did they grow up in? What kind of parents did they have? What kind of school did they go to? What kind of person they were? And if I can get that, I can really hone in on, you know, taking all the details to come up with that thought. Now it doesn't matter. The, the director can change his line. He can change the screen. And I'm not doing what I think. I'm actually that person. I'm that kid. I know how my upbringing um, has formed me and the way that I move and the way that I talk and how I treat people. So if you ask me, okay, Tyron, if this happened, without a question, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do this. If you swing on me, I'm going to punch you in the face. Somebody else could have been bullied. They may clam up. Somebody mm -hmm. else may be nonviolent. They may be, you know, had a, a life of violence and they change they changed their mind and want to um, turn over a different leaf. They may try to use their mouth to get out of the situation. So once I locate what I feel that person was, and that's how I then that's how I approach it. And um, that's something that's very difficult in the beginning, but if you can get that locked in the beginning, it makes it easier when you sit in front of the camera. Mm. Also, embattled covered the business aspect of MMA, which isn't the most well understood aspect of the sport and the one that doesn't get the spotlight enough even though everybody basically knows that you know fighters are underpaid how do you think the movie tackled with the sort of business themes of mma 
I think it, I think it scratched the surface of it. Um, I don't think that it really um, was able to really get deep and really um, get to all the things that are behind the scenes and all the politics with the pay. The thing about it is mixed martial arts is a sport that's been around 30 years. Um, you know, that's not a very long time for a sport. Sports have been around hundreds of years. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you think about all the different the fighters and where they all come from, the different bases and their different needs. And once you hear about what another person is making and you feel like I should make that because I fall similar people. I did this, and, you know, me, or I did better and or I look better or I fight harder. Or I, like all these different things go into the equation of what you believe you're worth. But our sport wasn't set up that way. It was set up as something that was not even legal in many states. Mm-hmm. Um, very few opportunities to train and nobody really knew about it. We watched the sport develop and we watched people say, hey, what if we let somebody not only do karate, but we let them wrestle too? What if we let them do submissions? What if we did this? And I think they should try to smash as many art forms in there to get you as close to, if you had to fight for your life, these are things you probably would do. And now let's make a skill. Now let's make a sport out of it. Let's make, you know, um, let's get the fans behind it. Let's, like, we're the, we're the only sport that really allows our fans to get so close to us. I mean, you can walk in MGM and see John Jones. You wouldn't have been able to see Mike Tyson like that. I mean, hmm. you would have been guarded. You would have been protected. You would have been, you know, with security. You would have been doing the service elevator. So, with that said, you know, the, the, the pay structure and the way that is the way that the UFC set up, they would set up, this is us. This is our sport. You either fight a part of it or you don't. There's so many people from different education backgrounds, they'd never contested. They were just so happy to be a part of the UFC or so happy to be a pro fighter. And... They accepted what they accepted, and the managers didn't want it. You know, it's not like basketball where you, if you make the manager mad or the, the promotion mad, now you got to play against Stephen Curry. Hmm. Oh, you had to play against the next team, and she had to play against the schedule. You know, if hmm. you won and you was in the playoffs, you went to the next game. It's not like okay, like right now we're watching um, some heavyweights that are having some problems, some interim titles and things like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it, 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 it doesn't really matter. It's an entertainment. So the sooner people stop thinking that they deserve something and the sooner they recognize this is entertainment. Can you entertain and win these fights at the same time? If you can and you can actually market that and you can actually, you know, get the people behind you, you're going to make the top dollar. Mm. Was there a moment in your title reign in the UFC that that sort of sunk in or is that something that you went into being a champion fully knowing? Uh, it, it sunk in afterwards. It's something mm. afterwards, and it's something that I—it's a revelation that I kind of got after the fact. And uh, my path through has still been the same because I'm the type of person that I've really been. I am who I am. Uh, I don't care what people want me to be. I am who I am. So I, I wouldn't change it. I would do the same thing again. You know, um, the industry can't even afford me. They—they they can never make me change who I am. So if I had to conform and be more like Connor, uh, which many times people, you know, of the UFC brass kind of wanted me to be a little bit more like that. That ain't my side. Never got into it to be infamous. I got into it to be the greatest. So um, that's something that's perspective. I think after um, my career in UFC and what I'm going to do after that, I think people will have a chance to go back and look back and see what I did. You know, how how I did it. You know, I was coaching myself until 2015. So thank God, because um, otherwise I shouldn't have even been in the position I was in. So um, that's what I think about my career. I think I think I'm going to be closer to the way that Muhammad Ali was. I'm going to get mm-hmm. more respect for what I did after the fact.
It's funny you mentioned that because I remember, you know, 2016, you were the champion. You were defending against Wonderboy in Madison Square Garden. We were actually there. And I remember seeing you with that presser with uh, with Conor McGregor. And, um, you know, during that fight week, obviously your eyes were on Wonderboy. But there was a bit of friction between you and Conor. There was that moment at the at the early weigh-ins. And it, it seemed like he was trying to ang- trying to angle for a fight against you. And you kind of... No, nah, he was definitely not doing that. You don't think he was actually That's, interested? I, I mean, I don't have to cut you off, but... Sorry. He's never angled towards anything towards me besides being upset that I videotaped him. I videotaped him coming in looking like Willa DeVille from 101 Dalmatians <laughs> with a Gucci tag on his jacket, late as hell to the um, press conference, and acting like, don't hold me back, don't hold me back. If I want to get to somebody, ain't, you know, security guard, ain't no UFC person, ain't nobody in the world going to stop me from getting to him. No one. So when he was like acting like he wanted to fight Eddie Alvarez and go through the whole thing, that was the entertainment portion. So he was right next to me. So shit, I was I'm I'm filming the shenanigans. So the video I filmed ended up being leaked. TMZ got it and everybody got it and got a lot of views. And he was upset with me about that. I didn't know what his issue was, but when it came down to it, uh, I made it real clear that I'm not that guy. I don't play those type of games. The same way I had to make a clever shake. I don't play those type of games. I don't really do this. I've been doing this before. I was doing it with gloves on, and um, mm-hmm. you haven't heard Connor say a word about me since. So Connor was not angling towards anything towards me. He was angling towards clout. That's what he was angling towards. I remember you saying you, you were saying like you know uh, you're not a I was I think it was something like you're not about that life. Well, he's not about that life. Like you grew up in Ferguson. You were saying if you really wanted to do it, you know things would get more serious. But I wonder, just in terms of like paydays, obviously fighting Connor would have been massive. And I know you kind of always took the high road. Um, you know, in, in those interactions with Connor, I wonder if retrospective looking back, if you wish that, you know, maybe, maybe you fuel that fire a little bit and it sort of got that big payday, especially now getting this massive payday with Jake. Although I'm getting the sense from you that you were kind of always on a mission, like you said, with Muhammad Ali, you didn't want to play uh, that character. I mean, it would have been, been great. It would have been, it would have been whipped cream on the top, but I was out there. I was, I was after greatness. So, mm. um, he was after clout he was after being infamous and he's just so happened to actually be good. Um, I, I don't consider Conor to be great. There's so many fighters that are better than Conor. Um, Conor's a good fighter. Um, he was better at brainwashing people and getting into their mind and doing a research and press conference and, you know, getting underneath their skin and forcing them out of um, their zone. He would have never done that to me. He did that to Eddie Alvarez. He was doing it to RDA. So many fighters lost that fight before they fought him because he had a way of getting underneath their skin in a way that we had never seen before. Um, outside of Chell Sonnen, Chell Sonnen is the best. <laughs> he's a better mouthpiece and he's a better mouthpiece than um, Connor. He was smarter with it. He was more, uh, it was more entertaining. He was super sharp. Um, he's the best that I've ever seen. Connor would be a, um, a distant second, but Connor did it at a time where he came out and he just, you know, he came out the gate with it. He threw the fashion. And he brought a whole country with him. He brought Ireland with him. And that's what separated Connor from everybody else. Mm. I think in this fight with Jake Paul as well, um, I get the sense from Jake that he's sort of underestimating um, your ability to sort of uh, deal with the press conferences, deal with his trash talk. Obviously, on, on social media, you had that great post just the other day where you sort of were able to sort of own him a little bit with that post. And do you think you're sort of underestimating a little bit of fight week and what to expect from you before the fight even happens? Of course, he's never 
he's never seen a press conference. I was never I was never in a super fight. I never got to talk shit with Conor McGregor. I never got to go against Nader Nick Diaz or or GSP or Bisbing or people that I had a chance. I was going against Wonder Boy. I was going against Damian Maya. I was going against um, Robbie Lawler, who you know barely says anything. So everybody I was competing against in a press conference it was always somebody super humble and somebody I really respected or who's going to yell at Wonder Boy or freaking Amy yeah. Mike, like, you know what I mean? People would have hated me had I, you know, started talking trash and stuff against them. So with that said, uh, I really just put myself in a position to to really focus on the fight and focus on what guy had for me. Everybody get a turn. My turn may not came in mixed martial arts to fight for the big fight and get the big bag, but my legacy is permanent. Hmm. I'm wondering what what is your question about uh, what is your biggest question about Jake? Like he's obviously so young in his fighting career. Many people still kind of you know question whether he's really a fighter. So no one really knows what his ceiling is. But when you go into this fight, what's the biggest thing that you want to find out about Jake? I don't want to find out nothing. Hmm. I just want to punch him in the face. Like, I, don't, I don't have time to sit here and get his get his backstory and go talk to his guidance counselor at school and see see what kind of boy scout he was. I'm trying to punch him in the face. So. Um, I don't need to do that. I don't need to. He can say whatever you want to say. There's nothing he's going to say that's going to make me punch him, want to punch him less or more. He, oh, now you said that. Now I'm going to try to win. I'm going to try to win anyway. Hmm. We'll let you go in a sec because I, I think you're parked outside of training, so we won't be too greedy with your time, Tyron. Um, well, I'm wondering what you think about his ability to handle adversity in fights. You know, his fights have been very quick, hasn't really had, had any adversity, unlike yourself in fights. Do you think that's going to be sort of a, a deciding factor in the fight? Um, my my thought process is this: um, I can't I can't get inside I can't get inside somebody's mind and body and, and think what they're thinking. When you say the word "think," that's already telling me that there's some uncertainty there, and it couldn't be 100. percent I'm worried about what I'm thinking, so I'm not going to try to think what somebody else is thinking or think what their body is going to do or think what they're going to respond. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to keep hitting them. I'm going to keep hitting them. I don't care what he say, what he does. I'm going to keep hitting them. I don't care if he shot a rope or dope or fake like it didn't hurt. I'm going to keep hitting him. And if 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 he doesn't go down, he's going to be a, a wounded duck after eight rounds of getting punched. So um, that's really my focus. And that's something that I know I can control. And if you focus on what you can control, I think you're, you're better off from, from the jump. Hmm. Do, you, do you think he's dangerous anywhere? Is, is there any areas that are of concern or a challenge to you? I mean, I can say no, hmm. you know, be lying to you. But mm -hmm. um, how are you going to say someone's not dangerous when they when they have knockouts? Even if he knocks somebody out, you know, in a bar, he still has the ability to turn his hand over and punch somebody in the face. So, of course, he's dangerous. He has power, he has size. Um, he obviously loves boxing. So now he's putting himself in position to actually, you know, um, try to try to make a real run at this. Let me also ask you, with him being so young in his career, he's obviously got so much confidence, whereas a guy like yourself, you're so experienced, you know, the ins and outs. And I imagine your perspective has changed about, you know, MMA and just fighting in general from, you know, what you might have thought at the start of your career um, compared to now. What's what's something that you thought maybe at the start of your career and then now you look back on it and think, oh, man, I can't believe I thought that, you know, what a, you know, incorrect misconception. You know, um, I didn't really have many incorrect misconceptions about this sport. Um, when I when I was looking at mixed martial arts, I know what I wanted to do very early on. Um, most of which I achieved. I never really thought, okay, you know, um, I'll never be able to be a champion. I got into the sport not to make it to the UFC. I got it to be the greatest, and I always knew I was going to be a UFC champion. I would have never, you know, never did mixed martial arts had I not thought that wrestling itself is such a hard sport. When I graduated college, I didn't want to just 
go in there and get another match in. I don't want to go back and redo my college history. Not nah, what I did. Um, uh, what the time guy gave me is what I did. I don't want to. I don't want to go back. So I don't want to take backs. So I don't want to. You know, let me wrestle that person again. That shit was hard. And um, you know, for this sport, I knew it was hard going into it. So if I wanted to just have any uncertainty about it, I would have just never did it from the beginning because um, I had already been a two-time All-American wrestler. Just quickly, before we keep talking about Jake Paul, and before we forget, and we totally didn't almost forget, when it comes to Jake Paul versus Tyra Woodley, who are you betting on? Who are you making money off of? Because when it comes to this fight, when it comes to betting, the only place to do it is at mybookie.ag. The only guys who will give you up to a $1,000 bonus on your very first deposit. Take advantage of a free cash bonus and also their boosted odds, their prop bets. Use the code submission. If you go on their website right now, they've got great lines. You can even bet on other things such as who will Conor McGregor face next as his next opponent. Is it Nate Diaz? Is it Jorge Masvidal? Is it Jake Paul himself? Habib Nurmagomedov is paying 32-1 odds. Put down $100, you can win $3,000 back. Are you feeling ballsy? Check it out, mybookie.ag, use the promo code submission. Just quickly, while we're giving shout-outs to our friends, don't forget about Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0. There it is in all its glory, the best grooming tool on the market. Shave anything, shave your junk, shave your arms, shave your back, shave anywhere that needs shaving. They've got a great whole bunch of things to groom yourself, such as the weed whacker. If you need to trim your nose hair, if you're going on a hot date and you want to make sure that you are in the best shape possible, and you want to close in the end, use the Weed Whacker. They've also got the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant. You need that in your life. They've also got the Crop Reviver, which is refreshing ball toner. You need that in your life. And they've also got the Foot Duster, which is cooling foot deodorant for when you've had a long day in, I don't know, the mines or the factory or wherever you are. And don't forget, 20% off using the promo code submission. We are officially presented by Manscaped and they do support a lot of people in the MMA community. If you want to save money, use the code submission, get that 20% off. Back to you guys in the studio. Um, you guys did the Photoshop, uh, photo shoot together for the promotional aspect of the fight and he didn't seem like he wanted to look you in the eyes. It was a completely different Jake Paul to the one that you faced off with publicly. What did you make of that quiet and almost sort of nervous looking Jake and did that tell you anything? You know, I got the same both times. You know, and I was I was surprised. I just said he's scared. Um, he was scared both times, and you know, he's 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 used to watching it. Like he's raised off rap music. People rap about what I lived. That's the big difference. Hmm. He's wearing the necklaces and the chains, and he's a byproduct of what people are talking about. I lived that life. I lived in those environments. So he don't have the experience on having to be in hairy situations and, and, and fight through it and, and, and be, be in a position where, you know, you got to make decisions. You got to watch your surroundings. He never had to do that. So I don't make anything of it. He's doing what he's seen Connor do. He's doing what he's seen us do. He was a fan of mine. He probably played me as a character on the UFC video game because I was like one of the best characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... So I'm, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And, you know, you got to take your hat off to him at, at some point. Yeah. Final one for me, Tyron, and I'll, I'll hit you with a two for one. A, obviously the most cliche question in MMA. What is the what is the prediction when you face Jake Paul on August 28th, 29th here in Australia? And also, what is this fight for you, man? There's a lot of storylines. In a way, you're representing MMA. In a way, you're the, you're the baby face. You're the good guy here. The MMA community is kind of, you know, hoping that you get the win. Um, there's also the payday aspect, man. You're getting a big one. What What, what is it for you? What is this fight about? You know, it's funny that they revolve promotion of a fight around payday. Mm. That's like me going to a business executive, a CEO of a crypto company, say, "Oh my God, 
you're making a payday. How much are you making? <laughs> you never would do that. Like, it's so weird that people want to publicly disclose what we're making and we use our salary to, to really promote a fight. Um, in this situation, I plan on knocking him out. Not because if I say I plan on beating him, I plan on winning by split decision. I plan on, you know, cutting out a razor close decision against him. No, I plan on knocking him out. Not because it just sounds good. Because I feel like if I come forward and I hit him with uh, punches and I hit him with pressure and I stay in his face and I make him miss and I make him pay and I make it ugly for him, I just don't think he can take it. He's never experienced it. He's never been beyond two rounds with anybody. So how can I expect him to outlast me? And I've been in there with everybody. I've been in there with the real killers. You know, my I didn't come from um, a different background and then got into combat sports. I'm, I've been in combat sports since I was a kid. Hmm. You know what I mean? Is it personal in any way or is this just kind of... Um... We signed the line. It's always personal. Everybody who signed the line is personal. It's personal until until they peel me off of them. I'll tell you, man, I can't wait for this. Of course, follow the man at T Woodley. Embattled will be available on all major digital platforms from July 21st. And of course, he takes on Jake Paul on August 28th, 29th in Australia and New Zealand. Mr. Tyron Woodley, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Tyron. Great interview, man. Bye.